0: Hi, this is Suleyman, and you're watching Team Upside Talks. Welcome to another episode of Team Upside Talks. Today, we are very lucky to have another amazing guest on the show. Today, we have Asha. He is a final year politics and international relations student at the University of York, and he is also the founder of InState. InState is a social mobility organization led by and for state school educated university students pursuing corporate careers. Asha thank you for coming through how are you feeling?
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited
0: excited to have a good conversation. 100%. 100%. So let's let's get let's get this get into it straight away. Question number 1 Asha um how would you describe the kind of secondary school you went to?
1: So I found it really I think it's quite a difficult question in terms of talking about it succinctly. But I think, so I, I grew up and was born in East London in Waltham Forest. And I think Waltham Forest has very similar urban issues of poverty, housing, um, you know, crime, as a lot of, I think, inner city London does. And I think those like urban issues are quite reflective in the state school system in Wolfen Forest as well. So I think my school, um, amongst my friends, um, you know, we grew up in a low, in a low socioeconomic area. Um, I think it was, I think the statistic is two thirds of my secondary school was on people premium which I think is quite high compared to the national average. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say there was an overemphasis at my school on behaviour discipline um, because of those issues that were happening outside of school. And mm-hmm. I think that whole professional development and the development of one's character was kind of like missed out at school because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that though, I think within this poor system of state provision and in, in, of education in the UK, um, my teachers and some of my teachers were absolutely brilliant and outstanding. And I think I was very, very, um, very, very, lucky, sorry, to have a good handful of personal mentors in those teachers um, who really, really helped me develop both academically and outside.
0: Awesome. So you've mentioned mentors and teachers already. So let, let's go straight to that, bro. So who were some of the mentors that helped you along the way and why were they so helpful to you?
1: There was one uh, teacher that I had in year, I think it was from right through year seven to year 13. He was my personal, um, what you call them, form tutors, as well as mm-hmm. my head of English. And he was the one teacher, I think, um, he was a first teacher almost, who had that confidence and belief in me as a student. Um, he used to talk about life in a, philosoph- in a philosophical and sociological perspective. Um, he used to talk about Walton Wolf- Forest where we, were, where we grew up in a very, in a way, he used to call it the bubble. And so kids that grew up in Walton Forest were trapped in this bubble in terms of the aspiration, attainment, um, outlook and perspective on life. And for him, it was very important for his students to kind of burst that bubble. And so I'd say my biggest kind of role model and mentor at school was him. I would love to name-drop him, but I haven't got his position, so I don't think I'm <laughs> that. um, My second nice. mentor, um, probably would surprise a lot of people, was one of my friends at school. Um, I was never very high achieving at school, from primary school up until year nine, and it was one friend, Leonard, um, he goes to UCL now, and it was his high attainment and his like nine to five work at school, going, um, going to school early, going home late, um, that really really pushed me at school, and I think having a friend probably the first friend that I had who really took his education seriously absolutely propelled me from someone who you know maybe was average at school in year nine to someone who did quite well in the end
0: Mm -hmm. that's amazing and not to get too off topic but I find it quite um interesting that you mention your friend especially given the fact that in state is a the entire model is based on kind of peer-to-peer networking and kind of like learning within a student community to what extent do You feel like that friendship inspired, inspired your kind
1: Absolutely. of thing? I think that so. The, the school I went to Northampton was an example of where, despite the lack of provision of those mm-hmm. professional skills, of those community building, etc., etc., when you know a few friends came together, obviously, I mentioned one friend, but there's you know mm-hmm. a good community with us at school that built up over the time. You know, coupled with those friends at school and the friends that I've made in social mobility organizations mm-hmm. like the Saturn Trust like um the social university foundation name dropping them now um mm-hmm. it was friends like is that were, were, you know allowed me to kind of you know burst that bubble transcend okay. my social network from and build this like genuine london network of state schools um mm-hmm. who went to all sorts of schools like brampton manor and um, la mm-hmm. with big names in, in london um and it was that kind of social bubble that definitely propelled me to you know go to university in the first place to aspire to have a corporate career for example so absolutely I really, really do believe in the trans—I call it the transformative power of peer-to-peer mm-hmm. student networks, and that's, mm-hmm. as you said, what I build at Instate.
0: Awesome, awesome. Okay, cool. Um, I don't want to get too far along your journey without <laughs> without going back to some of the origins. So, you mentioned earlier on in the conversation that you wouldn't have considered yourself as um, a high achiever from that year seven to year nine. So, I'd be interested to hear more about how your attitude towards education changed during your time in school.
1: Absolutely, I think, as you said, um, primary school, absolutely. Like, I did not understand school. Um, I come from a, a family background where my parents didn't go to university, as is the case for a lot of people. Um, and so I never really had those role models, those professional role models who'd um, gone to university who were well-learned in professional careers. That kind of meant that from the beginning, my view of education wasn't as well as, as, well as, um, as well advanced as it could have been, right? My parents absolutely valued education though. And I think it was always the emphasis on do well at school, do well at school, right? Um, That continued into year seven and year eight and bits of year nine. Um, I'd say my kind of like pivot in terms of when I really took education seriously, um, A was the individual that I named, one of my friends from school. Um, And secondly was I in year nine, um, probably the biggest moment of my life was when I joined a political party. Um, and this was like off the back of nothing. I was just like, you mm-hmm. know what, I wanna do something. I joined the political party and it was joining, um, it was the UK Labour Party. Mm-hmm. And we joined the UK Labour Party and immediately coming across this huge network of, you know, not, you know, they weren't just students, they were people that in their careers in the civil service and parliament and all these sorts of places. And that really, you know, built up aspiration, confidence. Um, mm-hmm. And this is what I talk about a lot. Confidence and aspiration, I do believe are the two biggest things. It's not really about an individual's ability, in my opinion, because I don't think I'm the most able person. But I think it's having that genuine, A, self-confidence and self-belief. And secondly, the aspiration that, an optimism for something bigger, basically. And I think the Labour Party, you know, not I'm not giving it a characteristic to the Labour Party, but political parties. But my older sister, who um, I used to talk about, my engagements with political parties, she used to say that It's not really about the Labour Party being a political party. It's just an external entity which Mm -hmm. restored and gave you some faith in something other than what you had in the forest. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to credit a political party too much, but it's more about the kind of the value systems and the character building that that kind of allowed me. And so when I went back to school, you know, after those engagements in the political party, I would just naturally be a lot more confident. I'd have a lot more Mm -hmm. of an understanding of why I was at school, not just what I was doing in physics, for example.
0: Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. Um, I feel like, yeah, so like you mentioned, it's not the fact that it was a political party in itself that made it so transformative for you, but the fact that you were exposed to like such a broad network of people, um, and like you said, the values, the value system must have been something that um, was 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 very, very helpful as well. Um, my next question is, is, it kind of, it kind of links to this point, and it's about what you would consider to be your proudest moments during your time at school. Um, And that could be within school or outside of school. What what would you say were your biggest successes during your time?
1: I don't know. I think, um, I'd say there's probably two or three. Um, Surprisingly enough, I wouldn't say that like, achieving a grade was ever like my proudest achievement because you'd be so, I mean, maybe it's a surprise, maybe it's not a surprise, but I didn't, you know, ever really get straight A stars at school. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely, you know, I'm not gonna like, you know, I did get good grades, but I wasn't like, you know, the top of the class at the time, right? But I think my probably two or three biggest achievements at school within and outside were, um, when I was 15, um, completely transformed my life this one, but I was elected to the um, the national executive body of the Labour Party's youth wing. Um, and so I was representing 14 to 19-year-olds across the UK. So I think that was like a cohort of about 25,000 members. And for all from forest kids to, who, you know, a year before that couldn't even really speak properly, right? I used to like stutter a lot. I used to like fumble a lot to be able to like go into this national like capacity as a role absolutely Mm -hmm. transformed any confidence i had in myself Mm -hmm. um i'd say secondly when i was 16 i was appointed to um the board of trustees of a national youth engagement charity i was 16 at that time and i remember that time when i was appointed we were unsure if the charity commission would even allow me to register as a board of trustees because i was that young Mm -hmm. and so the charity is a youth engagement charity i'm very passionate about i'm actually now the vice chair of Mm -hmm. and we do work in youth engagement strategy across local communities in the UK so we look at like you know youth violence and education educational systems and you know all that kind of that paradigm of you know disadvantage in a lot of the communities around the UK so that was probably my second biggest achievement because I think I'd worked since I was 14 for that charity and our third one probably very cheesy but I'd say becoming the head boy of my school Mm -hmm. um if you'd ask me in year seven that you know yeah granted my second my sixth form was quite small but if you told me that in year seven that you'd be the head boy of the school um you know i probably wouldn't have believed it and now looking back it's like okay you're a head boy of a second of a sixth form but i think at that moment absolutely empowered me and i think that's where my whole passion for you know impacting student communities impacting young people really was born in kind of like becoming the kind of the student spokesperson of a of a school in Wolfenstead
0: that's that's so Amazing! It's exceptional, bro. Um, I'm starting to connect the dots now in, in terms of like how you've been able to kind of like found this amazing youth organization um, at such a young age. That's done. I mean, it's, you have an, you have a massive team, and you're doing so much amazing work. And I feel like all of those experiences contributed toward that, giving you that confidence and giving you that skill set oh. that you needed to do what you're doing today. Um, so yeah, this is this is very fun. I'm connecting the dots now. Um, let's let's move on to slightly it's it's a topic that's not often discussed within the public sphere and it's the topic of failure um Mm. like like on social media on linkedin on all of these platforms we see each other's successes but it's not every day that we find out about some of the setbacks that we've all faced in life so would it be possible for you to share a story of a time when you failed at school and like what you learned from that experience
1: um absolutely i think um I probably, if I'm allowed to, I think I, I have two like broad like failures I can talk about, which I think had big impact in in my life. My first one was um, my rejection from Oxford. Um, so bef- between like the ages, as I said, I wasn't academic kind of growing up until like the age of 14, 14 to 15. So from 15 to 17, I drilled in myself that, Asher, you can go to Oxford," right, and built up this motivation, this enthusiasm, um, and then I was rejected from Oxford, and I think. The, the lack of confidence, the apathy, the low self-esteem that I created, you know, impacted my levels massively. I just didn't want to go to school. I just thought, you know, my, I don't want to kind of do education because I didn't get into Oxford. And that, yeah. I think that impacted my education so much that um, I was even, you know, when I made my firm choice to go to Durham, um, I was even, I didn't even make the, uh, the grades. I went through clearing hearing to come mm-hmm. to the University of York. So that, was that six six to seven month period of genuine like apathy I'd call it, um, and that's kind of like very very draining. Um, so I'd say yeah, that's probably like the biggest failure. Um, but you know it didn't really help because when I went to university, um, I'd set my sights on um, the fifth chance spark scheme, um, mm-hmm. and I got rejected from that as well. So it was like a it was like an eleven month period of rejection. Um, I would say, I think, like, you know, coming out of rejection, which I think is equally important. So, whilst talking about rejection is very important, how do you come out of rejection? I think in each of those, whilst in year 13, upon the rejection from Oxford, I wasn't able to kind of pick myself up. But because of my lessons from how, you know, when you get rejected, you don't do anything, you go through caring. When when I had my spark rejection, I made sure that that did not impact my academics or did not impact my ambition to work at Cliford Chance. So, you know, you pick yourself up, you you know, you have to, you know, you, you take your time, take your time to mourn, be sad. But then mm-hmm. I engaged with graduate recruitment. I engaged with the feedback. Um, you don't feel sorry for yourself. You kind of like mm-hmm. to say rejection is, you know, all those motivational quotes of rejection is redirection. And then um, I was able to be successful. I could have a chance in the end with a um, graduate position. So mm-hmm. I think I had the first failure, the second failure, but then I actually learned from the second failure. Um, that was a very bit long answer, I know, but I hope it's a okay. no, no.
0: No, thank you for, thank you for like laying down like the narrative because it's like I think it's important for people to, to see the chronology and to see um, how things like When you got rejected from the Spark scheme, or like well, let's say when you' got rejected from Oxford that, that time period when you had just kind of uh, experienced like a few different rejections back to back, i'm sure it was a very difficult experience and if you were to kind of if someone was to tell you that in 12 months time or 24 months time you will have you'll be in this position actually you'll be you'll have your tc you'll be you'll know I mean, running this social mobility organization like a part of you it would have been quite surprised i assume because it's like it's difficult to be optimistic when you're really down down under um, um and especially with everything that's going on in the world right now i feel like a lot of students are going to take a lot of value away from what you just said because it's you know I mean, loads of opportunities are kind of being um shut shut down because of covid19 so um so yeah I, I hope people take inspiration away from your story because because yeah man um Absolutely. It's, it's it's inspiring 100 um so moving on okay so this is my next question for you is is slightly, yeah. take it, interpret it in whatever way you want, but it's about the actual education system and it's about the way you were taught. So if you could change one thing about the way you were taught or what you were taught during school, what would it be?
1: I think I'll say this a lot, but I think um, I always like put myself in like the shoes of government minister in the education department. Right? Um, I, I do believe in state provision of education in the UK. There is an overemphasis on academic like grades right because the head teachers and the the senior management teams of state schools and every school really are always fixated on this pass figure right so they want 70% of the year group to get grades A to C right Um, and I think that kind of like that whole focus of teachers on those statistics and those pass rates means that we have a huge deficit in the UK amongst state school students of professional development of aspiration knowledge and awareness right so I think what i would do like you know quite ambitiously is like what i call the social mobility program right so a uk wide funded social mobility agenda which you know from 14 to 18 students are given like mandatory professional mentors you have mandatory professional insights into work experiences firm culture firm insight events you know big internships etc and you know one that's not looked at enough is like financial bursaries so like mm-hmm. often for you know kids from state school backgrounds um you know you can't afford to have a six-week unpaid internship right so paid internships with bursaries that not just do internships but looks like professional courses and professional trips abroad and all that kind of stuff so i think this whole huge package of like genuine like social mobility provision very important i think
0: no man i'm Listen, Minister of Education, I don't know if you're watching this video, but you need to be taking notes. <laughs> that was that was that was specific. I really yeah, thank you. Thank you for the detail, man. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, if if this country is really committed to that idea of merit meritocracy, or if it's really committed to the idea of a quality of opportunity, then they, they need to be implementing those types of programs hundred um, percent. Cool, so that, now we're gonna go into the nitty gritty stuff. So like, when it comes to, when it came to your GCSEs and A-levels, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the young people that, that kind of follow Team Upside are roughly aged between 14 to 18. They're, they're doing their exams, sometime, um, some for the first time in their life. Um, and as, as, as the case for, for a lot of us when we were 16 or 18, it can be a very daunting experience. Um, and as someone that's kind of gone through it and you're in your final year of university, Do you have any pieces of advice about how best to revise for your GCSEs, how best to revise for your A-levels, and yeah, just that process in general?
1: Um, I think, so I'll I have a um, thing of over-talking and like not being as succinct as I can be. I think it's it's not different from GCSEs to A-levels. I think, yes, it's harder. A-levels are harder, they're more sophisticated. There's a different style of learning slightly, but I think it's generally similar, right? I think my first piece of advice is, absolutely engage in student groups so when you put my when you put four or five minds together right if you're doing economics GCSEs or a levels right when there's four or five of you together absolutely bigger impact and bigger learning opportunity than it is yourself right so really really value your peers there's a, there's kind of sometimes a um inclination at school where you're competing for top of the class for maths gcse right but really and truly your competitors are not your maths gcse friends they're like the private school students who go right across the country so if anything you want to come together build this social network and even then i say you know probably wrongly actually the private school people aren't your competitors either the only competition is as they say who you are yesterday right so Mm -hmm. really really work with the students around you that has big value i think secondly i'd say um engage with teachers um I know at school a lot of my friends miss the opportunity of engaging with teachers because I think you sometimes at 14 to 18 see teachers or you know older people as like you know people in positions of authority as you know uh, opponents or as people that are <laughs> but if any you know they yeah. teachers do not get paid enough actually for the work that they do please do engage with mm-hmm. them there are fantastic teachers and I think the feedback that teachers give you the mentoring that teachers give you as you can see with me is transformative um, and the third thing I'd say is it is okay to fail um i did not do well no i did not do as well as i could have in both GCSEs and a levels um i was for my a levels i was around two grades lower um not for every subject i mean like generally um mm-hmm. gcscs i was about four grades lower actually in my 10 gcscs i did so you might be predicted like the moon but like it's okay to fail do your best but when you don't get the crazy one, it's just about moving forward
0: Amazing. I don't know what you mean when you say when you say you struggle to be succinct because that was very very clear. <laughs> um, and okay, so now let's let's move on past GC, GCSE and A levels. Um, when it comes to applying for university, so you're planning to go into corporate law, um, and you, but you decided to study politics and international relations at, 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 um, at university. So I don't know. Generally, like, do you have any advice about? how to choose the right course at university and, and what were some of the determinant like determining factors that led you to choose politics and IR?
1: I think when you're deciding to go to university, the first step is um, for me was why. Why do I want to go to university? A, why do I want to go to, why do I want to do my particular course? And thirdly, why particular universities, right? I think with the first two of why university and why that course, absolutely important, right? Um, see how much what impact the university will have on you. I mean, no, the university experience generally. Secondly, see the impact that that degree will have on you, right? Now, I'll admit, I have not wanted to be a commercial lawyer for, like, for a long time. I kind of like just you know fell into it in my first year. Um, so therefore, my decision to do a degree wasn't necessarily based upon a natural career plan. However, because I understood my why university question, I knew that whatever degree I did, that university experience, and that community of academia and intellectual um people academics and lecturers and students would enable to me develop, for me to develop professionally personally etc so that was my why i went to university and why i decided my um degree um i did as i said in the beginning go through clearing um, i applied to oxford um, i firmed durham and i insurance insurance warwick um i did get remarks in the end but i was rejected from firm and insurance so i ended up at the university of york now in year thirteen and year twelve, we're built up to like you know choose the university which would de- you know define your life, and you take like nine to twelve months deciding the university, and you write loads and loads of like personal statement drafts. Right now, when on A-level results day, got my results at 9am, on the phone to the University of York at 10:30. I'd never really heard of university. I mean, I've heard I've, you know I'd have um, heard of it here and there, but never knew where it was, never understood what it was. Literally within an hour and a half. I decided to go to the University of York. So I'd spent these two years of building up, oh my God, Durham's this and Durham's that. And, you know, just how God wanted, wanted it to be, I ended up at the University of York. So please don't worry, like, you know, I've said this why and why this and why that, but just don't worry, because you will end up where you're supposed to end up and you will thrive wherever you end up. Um, but the last thing I'd say, just a really quick plug, um, My entire ambition of university and careers etc came from my engagements with social mobility organizations so the Sutton Trust, the Social Mobility Foundation, SEO etc etc have fantastic summer school programs and professional development programs across sixth form so I was lucky enough to go to Unique which is Oxford summer school and various Sutton Trust summer schools throughout my sixth form experience that gave me the you know ambition to even go to university so please engage in them
0: amazing 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 um yeah thank you for those plugs like um i can definitely echo echo um and um yeah I th- the, the unique summer school experience was something that i was lucky enough to be a part of as well and it was really really helpful in kind of um imagining and like visualizing what um a university experience might look like um at, at 17 years old um cool so this conversation has been really, really uh, valuable and I've really enjoyed everything that you've had to say for all of the questions that I've asked so far um, and as you, as you know <laughs> the final question that we like to ask all of our guests, it's a big one, it's kind of abstract but um, I'm, I'm confident you're going to answer it <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a very in an amazing way so the question is Asha, what does education mean to you?
1: I think, so I'm going to try to go step by step, so I think as a overall, I think Education is absolutely um, the greatest vehicle that we have um, to transform society, Um, and not just the individual, but the community as well. Right? Um, I think education is very important in terms of it, you know, democratizes and makes accessible um, anything in life. Right? It's it's a genuine social vehicle. Um, For me, as I kind of explained, it massively increased life chances, life opportunities. Um, my perspective on life, and as my English teacher used to call it, the the bubble, right, the bubble where I used to live. Um, And so I think it's not as structured as as I'd like to be, this answer, but I think it is, I I describe it as a social vehicle. You You can genuinely, education knows no social axes of class or, you know, race, it very much, you know, if you can like kind of access a book, and like the stuff that it has in that book, I think it can genuinely transform your life. Um, So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Probably the the most important thing I think um, in society generally.
0: No, definitely, definitely.
1: Um,
0: I feel like I've I've learned so much from this conversation (laughs) and I'm really, really glad that we could organize this call. Um, But yeah, thank you for coming through, Ashra. Please, everyone who's watching, um, check out Instate. They're doing amazing work. Follow them on Instagram, check out their website. And yeah, that's it for this week. Um, We'll catch up with everyone soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. You can find out more about Team Upside by following us on our social media at Team Upside. Take care. See you soon.